Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. So welcome back then, as you heard those clips that reflect what happened at, at the second voter registration drive, and that came to an end yesterday on Sunday. And we thought to use the opportunity to talk about the role we as citizens play, uh, whether we're citizens or whether it's the private sector, uh, to get particularly young people to take part in the elections. And to help us navigate this discussion, we invited Buichoko Dikati, who's Programs Manager at Kahiso Trust. Debelelo Linzoane is coordinator of the Hashtag We Are Voting campaign. Debuho Ping is Executive Director of Activate and Campaign. Uh, and she's also a campaign coordinator for Hashtag We Are Voting. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for uh, uh, braving Joburg traffic <laughs> to make sure you, you get here on time. And I'm so glad that you heard those... Um, clips that we we were all listening to uh, from uh, the second voter registration drive. There's one that sort of, I said morning, ne? Yes, you did. Okay, I did. <laughs> There's one that sort of uh, stands out for me. It's the first one. I think it was the very first one who said, I see no value in voting. I'm 18 years old. Uh, it's not necessary for me to vote because already we're dealing with a lot of things like load shedding, uh, you know, and she, he sounds to me uh, as a completely marginalized person, but who places no value in the power of his own vote. Why? Good morning. Let's start with you, Debo. Good morning. Um, isn't that the sad state, though, that South Africa is finding itself? Mm. Is that having come from the racial divide, that socioeconomic conditions are creating greater disparities among citizens in the country? To the point that we are missing the point that socioeconomic issues have been separated from political debates. Why? When it is the people are saying, I am hungry. When people are saying, I have no lights. When people are saying, I feel unsafe. And yet the ask has become less and less from politicians. And this is what young people are saying on the ground. We spent the weekend doing door-to-door campaigns. And you're finding people who are saying, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore because nobody cares about me. And we cannot unhear that voice. And the reason we cannot unhear that voice is because what we saw with the July riots is that those voices actually are the ones that populists utilize to create chaos in the country. And so what is very significant for us is that if we stop hearing this young man's voice, we are going to pay a much higher price as a country if we're not investing in making the ask much greater to politicians outside of just who is going to be taking over from who, whose emblem is becoming one for uh, for copyright infringement is that society, all South Africans, needs to demand from politicians to say, what are you placing on the table outside of your political party t-shirts and emblems? What are they placing on the table, though, outside of the political party t-shirts and emblems? Let me bring you in, Buichoko, because it's a real issue. The issue that uh, the guy at the beginning of those clips brought on the table, because in real terms, to him, democracy is not tangible. It's not something that he can touch. Morning, Buichoko. Morning and, uh, and morning to the listeners. Uh, we started from appreciating that uh, our country is going through very difficult times. Mm. And more often, uh, the, the majority of the poor people across the length and branch of South Africa bear in the brunt of the difficulties that uh, the country is going through. Mm. But the 
while we appreciate that 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 is a challenge and there is no motivation for people to see election as a very critical part of our democratic consolidation we need to appreciate that for a very long time as south africans and especially after 1994 we believe that we had a liberation mm -hmm. and then we left our responsibilities to the politicians mm. that is why it is very important that a Elections in themselves are not a panacea for good life, but it's a demonstration of our commitment as citizens that we can reclaim back our country. And immediately after the elections, we should continue to activate our responsibility to even push the politicians to account for the simplest of the promises that they have made. Because without that, we are going through a, a vortex of deceitfulness continued poverty and disempowerment. And I think we can reclaim that space. What is the expectation that South Africans had post-94 that they did not see materialize in their daily existence that makes them feel that the process of voting in and by itself is not uh, conducive for their socioeconomic dynamics to grow? What is it about South Africans that make them feel um, almost... Um, uh, disempowered in the process of their own socioeconomic advancement? And any one of you can take it. Let's go to you. Yeah, okay. I think that um, I'll argue here like a rational you know, choice theorist and say that uh, when people don't see their individual vote translating into um, contributing to the outcomes that they would like to see or their you know, life desires, I mm -hmm. think they tend to then deflect to something outside of politics. They, they, they kind of like go into something outside of politics and um, sort of concentrate their energies there. Mm. And then I think in the same way, and we, I'm going to bring it to just kind of the context of young people not voting, uh, mm -hmm. for instance, that um, the, in the same logically, then political parties are not going to consider or put uh, as a priority the, 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 the needs of young people. Um, so I think that... Um, People are not seeing the direct impact or the outcomes of democracy um, as a system of governance. And I think consequently, consequently um, um, they are sort of like uh, veer into something else. So it's not even a thing of they are apathetic. Mm. It's a thing of we don't see the value. We haven't uh, benefited from the fruits of democracy 30 years into uh, democratic dispensation. dispensation. So we're not going to uh, 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 vote because we don't see the correlations between the quality of life in a democratic uh, country and us uh, participating in democratic processes, which is quite unfortunate. Because And, and yet in the latter part, uh, uh, not the latter part, for the large part of 2023, uh, the 2024 elections were seen as this watershed moment. Mm. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a phrase that, that that was coined, I think the phrase was 2024 is our 1994, our meaning the young generation's 1994. And yet, in most cases, you don't see that translating to interest. I read something that implied that um, if all the 18 to 29s that are available uh, in the landscape of South Africa were to go and register to vote over the weekend that we just came from, there's about, a, they, you know, they threw a number of about 10 million of them available uh, to vote and yet I don't think those are the numbers that we saw coming. What are we missing with uh, 2024 that made as many people go and vote in 1994? We are not working hard enough. Who's we? 
by we and I, I will be unpopular and speak to society at large. Mm-hmm. I have come to accept as a citizen that no politician is going to want to do the right things when the bulk of society is allowing almost for that to take place. And the reason is because we use and we amplify the mics around voting periods and nothing much after that. What does not take place is finding community members who are participating in IDP meetings at community levels, because that is where the heart of where we can hold government accountable for service delivery issues. Mm -hmm. You're only seeing politically aligned individuals doing that. You're only seeing NGOs who are doing it. And yet at the, at the end of the day, water is an issue that affects all citizens. Mm-hmm. What we are also not finding is enough people coming to the table in public debate, debates and public participation processes. We are not playing the part and taking action outside of the vote. And that's why things are not shifting. And that is why young people are not buying into the story of us using them as voting cows to show up at the polls. And they are the ones who are receiving the biggest brunt of unemployment, when they are the ones who are given 350 rents to do what nobody knows, mm-hmm. when they are the ones who are subject to an education level of 30 to 40 percent, which kicks you out of the basic education system, but there's nobody else to catch you there. But if they are the ones that experience all of that, why is it that they're so apathetic to not realize the value of the power that they have when they are in the majority of the population? It is not apathy. It is a very loud and bold statement. And what is really needed, which is what Activate is working towards, is starting to have invested conversations in communities outside of billboards, outside of just messaging that is broadcast that people cannot interact and engage with. Mm. We are going into communities and finding the why you don't show up mm. and, and and sparking the debates to say, this is the very things that you are standing for are the very things that need to change. And so when we start to have conversations like that, you allow for people to have time to introspect and really understand that what we need now more than ever is them to take a stand against these things that we speak of. And we are doing it. It is not easy, but the numbers are starting to show us that the investment in people as a people and not just numbers that need to show up at the polls is what is needed. Okay. Can I ask for indulgence? I'm being told I have to go to news headlines yes. uh, and then we'll con- continue our conversation and I'll, I'll come uh, to you, Dibelelo, mm-hmm. to, to have you tell me what you experienced on the ground mm-hmm. this weekend when you went in, what surprised you, what didn't surprise you, what do you think n- needs to change in terms of the messaging of uh, political parties? We're talking um, about voter registration and why uh, there is a degree of disengagement with voting that comes from young uh, young people in South Africa and what we as citizens need to do to make sure that there's more voter participation. 1031, Luanda Mahome is standing by with the news headlines. Conversation. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM. We're talking the role we can play as uh, citizens uh, to get particularly young people in South Africa to take part in elections. And we have as our guests in the studio, we Choko Ditlake, Programs Manager at Kahiso Trust, Tebelero Linzoane, Coordinator at the Hashtag We're Voting Campaign, Tebuho Suping, Executive Director at Activate and Campaign Coordinator at Hashtag We're Voting. So what did you meet on the the ground this weekend, Debelelo. 
Um, so I think a sense that we get from the ground engaging with young people, and these are people from between the ages of 18 and Which 35. Which areas were you in, by the way? Uh, we were in a Britex rank. It was an interesting crowd, crowd. And then we moved down to uh, Wheat Lovers Market where there's, you know, cool vibes and, and, and a different demographic to um, the Jobic one, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the CBD one. So I think uh, what we find, firstly, is that Young people are abstaining from voting, firstly, because um, there is, uh, you know, socioeconomic factors that are contributing to that. And what that means is that they're sitting and are facing with and navigating every day, um, you know, the intersections of intersectionalities of, you know, um, you are black in South Africa. You don't have, um, you know, quality employment or if you are uh, employed, you are sort of like um you know, precariously employed, you don't have the luxury to contemplate this kind of ideas and it discusses on democracy and how it functions uh, as a system of governance, let alone what your place is in, in the democracy. So they are facing so many things uh, that in so many ways are obliterating their ability uh, to reflect and participate um, meaningfully in the process of democracy. And then the second reason is that uh, there is a deep distrust, a mutual distrust between young people and political parties. Um, and then the third one with mutual distrust you said mutual distrust so mm-hmm. they it, it goes both ways mm-hmm. uh, young people don't trust political parties uh, or politics and uh, they don't see themselves in politics uh, and then there is also not uh, a trust in the youth demographic um, uh, from the political side party uh, side which is why they don't engage them in efficient ways that young people of these times would like to be engaged which leads to the third one that uh, political parties in South Africa are yet to learn and embrace, um, you know, forms political young people's uh, activism forms, like the way in which uh, young people are organizing themselves um, and and, and, and forms of activism for for young people. Um, So there's that communication as well that is lacking on both on both sides that uh, they are not. We are not. Young people and political parties are not find, finding each other. So it's those kind of re- reasons that we sort of extracted from from the ground engaging with young people this weekend. Um, so yeah, th- th- I think th- those are the main three. But of course, it's more complex than that. We can't reduce reduce it to uh, you know just apathy or miscommunication or uh, you know different kinds of you know activisms that are not embraced by you know mainstream uh, political you know spaces um yeah so i think is the vote the issue of voting amongst young people mm. uh d- dynamic in that is it different for a particular demographic mm. much more than it is for uh, another demographic of course uh, if yeah. you come from an uh, you know middle class upwardly mobile environment mm. and you're a particular color is it easy for you to understand the value of voting than it does if you come from the opposite dynamic or the opposite demographic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think that uh, class definitely has uh, something to do with that. And it's not as a uniquely South African phenomena. Um, the, the, the social economic factors impacting how people vote and turn out and vote. Uh, you look at the EU. Um, actually, in 1979, the EU uh, you know, took a stance of supporting the you know, European Parliament, parliament uh, 
responding to the criticism on the decline and the deficit of democracy in the EU. And even in spite of that, there was still a decline, uh, so much so that the Eurobarometer report reported in 2009 that uh, 65% of eligible voters in the EU did not show up and vote. So it's not just, a, it, it, it's across the globe that, uh, and, and the, the contributing factor to that was report was reported to be socioeconomic factors that they do have a direct Even impact. Even across the globe. Yeah, across the, gro- the yeah. globe. So the, when people are not experiencing the outcomes of democracy, quality of life, safety and security, um, you know, secure, you know, employment, uh, safety for their children and the future of, of their children, which is supposed to be what a democratic systems allows and creates and enables, uh, you know, people to create in societies, they abstain from voting. Um, so, but yeah. they see no value. They see no value. So, yeah. Yeah, basically. But is okay. I'll come to you, uh, B. Choco, just now. And just to add to that is the rising phenomena that we're seeing in Central and Western Africa of unconstitutional governments supported by young people themselves. It speaks to that very issue is that we cannot really ignore the daily lived experiences of people on the ground, as it were. And what we're seeing is. Even in those instances where people are saying, I do not currently believe in my leader, but I will go for the military. And only after the fact, only to find that we find ourselves around the revolving Mm -hmm. cycle where nothing much changes. That's where the danger is. And that's where the precarious uh, condition that South Africa is facing itself is that if the government and if those we elect are not hearing young people loudly and clearly, Somebody will come and speak to young people in a way that will that derail, they understand. that they understand. Mm. And that one is one where there is no rationale in it, where we will think of consequences after the fact. And there will be no mechanisms to enable young people to rebuild from coming from that point. And that's why, as Activate, we're investing in civic education. And people say, it's the long road. It's not going to turn things around overnight. Mm -hmm. But what we are starting to see with the first registration period, including the second one, is that those that you do invest the time and the energy with are starting to get the message. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we need to make sure that as we head even to the 2029 elections, that we are speaking to not only young people, because actually we speak at young people. Mm -hmm. We had... In addition to what Devalil is speaking about is across the nine provinces, we were running door to door campaigns in the marginalized outskirts areas in Harding. We were in Kimberley and all of those areas. What you find scarily is there's no critical messaging to young people, that there are no people running voter education on the ground, that there is no one coming to those young people outside of the media and the cameras that flash around, but nothing else in between. And so as I'm saying to us now as a society, as I'm saying now to even in the media spaces, is what are we asking politicians uh, in South Africa right now headed to the polls? Why have we never had a national debate with politicians outside of rallies and manifestos, which young people Where we hold them accountable. 100% exactly. Okay. Uh, one of the things we uh, 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 that um, Dibelelo highlighted is that young people and politicians are not finding each other. How do we get around that? I mean, I, I think we must start first by acknowledging that it's not just about a, a level of mistrust between young people and politicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, the level of mistrust deficit within countries and the nations are widening. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That is why you'll have a right-wing populism emerging and multiplying in Western Europe and the Americas. Mm-hmm. The same thing applies with us. The key question at stake here is young people are the most sufferers of the lack of economic growth, employment, unemployment, f- insecurity. Mm. They are feeling it because that they are at the edge of starting their own life mm-hmm. with their degrees and other investments that their parents have made. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a critical issue, is the failure. I am, sometimes we debate, we say it's a failure of democracy. Mm-hmm. Or alternatively, it's a failure of leadership. I'm not sure what is the difference between the two. But what is discernible is that our leaders have failed us. And they are not demonstrating any discernible potential capability to correct and lead with conscience. And to that extent, I think uh, what we need to, to emphasize to the youth and the citizens at large, and that is why as Kahiso Trust, we believe that active citizenship where we take responsibility, we are not looking forward to, to what politicians can offer, either through their manifestos or so on, is say what we want to happen. Mm. And I think if we mobilize... What kind of country do we want for ourselves, yes. separate from what the politicians, politicians are, are saying will, they will offer? That is what I think should be our priority. And that's what we have been doing to try to activate citizenship, rebuild the organs of civil society to take the responsibility. But also the elections represent one important component in the journey of democratic consolidation. Mm. They are not a panacea in themselves. Mm. But we must rebuild even beyond the elections, as we are saying. We cannot just wait for the elections to hear the manifesto and so on. We have, we should have clarified what we want and also put in place a consolidated coordination how we are going to hold uh, politicians accountable beyond the elections so that we take responsibility in mobilizing our people, our communities, the youth to drive what they need rather than waiting. And I think this so-called despondency is based on us saying they, we want them to deliver. Let where, us reclaim Where does back. the culture of... of um of expecting democracy to work in and by itself come from Mm -hmm. because there's i think one of you spoke at the beginning of our conversation around how in 94 we thought Mm. we're voting Mm -hmm. it's happening hallelujah after that boom it should be magical Mm. and um i should have a fantastic car (laughs) i should have a great job and I should have a large um, amount of money in my bank account and life must be fabulous. Mm-hmm. And and then life turns out not to be. Where does that come from? Who gave that expectation to the citizenry that democracy would look like that? It would mm. uh, manifest in that way. And we give away our mm. responsibility mm-hmm. to work it and mm. instead it will work by itself am i making sense it, it yes. makes sense yeah. i mean we we assumed in 1994 as a collective that um those we entrusted um, to to take up leadership positions understood what the mission was because those were people who were disenfranchised themselves we assumed that they would understand what the work required would entail and we assumed that they were not in it for self enrichment but to continue the work that was required to make sure there was 
equity, there was justice, there was equal access, and that we would not deteriorate, deteriorate to the point where we are finding ourselves. I think we cannot just simply say that people wash their hands off of the work. But also in the Bill of Rights, uh, we once had a conversation with Judge L.B. Sachs, and he said, the reason we wrote the Bill, of, the Bill of Rights it was so that we ourselves would not become the monsters that we were fighting. And so now that we realize as South Africans where we find ourselves in the deep crisis that we do, it is time for us to find each other beyond political lines, beyond the racial lines, beyond the gender lines, beyond the social economic condition lines. Because if we don't, we are all going to pay the price of what has already started to begin. It's not just the deterioration of democracy as it were in South Africa, but the living conditions which are no longer sustainable. Mm. And when you We're get, a nation in crisis. We are a nation in crisis. And when you find that, you will realize that people who have nothing to lose are prepared and willing to do whatever it takes for them to be July 2021 taught us that, mm. that, that people who have nothing to lose are willing to do anything. And we are much closer to that than we realize as a country. And I think we need to also begin to start in our homes to say, are we having the kind of conversation in our homes with our children, with our family members about what is happening and what is required? Because we are all seeing it, but are we coming together to make sense of it is the question. Yes, there are hard conversations to be had in South Africa, but the critical questions are, where are the spaces of convening as a society taking place? So if the conversations have to start in the home, what should we be talking about in the homes? Uh, I'll make a, a silly example. I have an 18-year-old who just passed matric. Um, you know, he got three distinctions. Life is great. <laughs> He's looking forward. I convinced him overly mm. uh, to go and register to vote in the first drive. Mm. And he's registered to vote. And I brought the conversation uh, in our home. I said, uh, so who are you going to vote for? And he answered me and he said to me, you're always complaining about all of them. He says to me, he says, you're always complaining about mm. all of them watching TV. I don't know what who it is to vote for. Mm. And I, I, I didn't know how to take the conversation further mm. after that. Yeah, I think I think that uh, the conversations that we need to have, especially with uh, first time voters and young people, is to um, talk about firstly, what is democracy? Inherently, it's supposed to be a system that empowers citizens mm -hmm. to take part in how their lives are going to be, um, in, in how they are governed and how, uh, you know, uh, government, you know, kind of unfolds in, 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 in a way. Mm -hmm. um, so if we come from that stand, standpoint of being empowered citizens and also interrogating, if we are not empowered as it is now, uh, why why is it that we are not empowered as citizens with this democracy and that enables people to govern themselves, essentially? So we have a representative, uh, you know, system in South Africa. That means that you elect someone, an 18-year-old, you know, first-time uh, voter will go to the polls and elect someone, a political party, uh, that resonates with them and those people effectively uh, will be the ones who are you know championing for their policies in parliament etc so it's a very tricky one to talk about even you know the the the, the choice uh, how do you have inform the choice when you go to vote how do you vote we talk about you know voting responsibly but what does that mean um, i mean it, it's as simple as how do we inter interact with the you know political party manifestos what do they stand for uh, what voice and someone a, a caller earlier said that um 
I don't know how to vote for or how to choose from this, uh, you know, new political parties. And I'm on that same as, uh, uh, place as well where I'm, it's going to be the most difficult year for th- this year to, to make a choice. All of us. Because like first time voters, you look at their policies like, ah, neoliberals <laughs> and, and they, they stand for things that I do not stand for. Um, and then you, the old political. So it's a very tricky one. And I think it challenges us to uh, be civic literate and uh, to teach us ourselves about, you know, the, the policies that and what this policy political parties stand for. So I think political parties as well are not going to have a, an, an easy one and they shouldn't have an easy um, uh, right when they converse. People should ask them questions. What are you doing for me as a young person? Uh, what policies reflect my needs as a young person? But also in South Africa, people see politicians as um, almost superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. I think it's something that's mm-hmm. driven uh, almost deliberately for me mm-hmm. as, as, as a PR tactic when I look Look at it. It's almost like look at the fancy life I have. Mm-hmm. If you join my party, mm-hmm. you have the potential to live a similar uh, fancy lifestyle. Not true, of course. Mm-hmm. If you're discerning enough, you know that. Uh, but a lot of people believe it. Let's go to the calls because there's callers on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Ask my guest questions. My guest, Bichokodi Klake, programs manager, Kahiso Trust, Tibelelo Linsoane, coordinator at the hashtag We're Voting campaign, Tebuhosu being executive director. And um, at activate and campaign coordinator at hashtag we're voting. Rachel, you are in Kabecha. Good morning, Rachel. Hi, KG. Trust you well. Um, no, I have a similar situation than you. My daughter also like last year she matriculated, and she um, so eager to to register because she got this SMS that says she can now vote because she's now 18 and what. So she's eager. But she doesn't have a an idea of who and what. So I said to her, well, um, and like you, I'm always complaining. So I'm saying to her, like, uh, you need to do your homework. You need to to look up uh, and what each party stands for, their values, their morals. And but I also don't know what to say to her. You know, I'm I'm lost actually there. I I, I don't know where to even begin to say to her. Uh, this is what you need to do in order to 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 vote for whoever. I mean, I cannot say to her, vote for the party that I'm voting for, because that's not right. Mm. Yeah. So what do I do? What do what do we do? Okay, Rachel. Mm, uh, sure. um, my guess will respond to, you, and it's a valid question uh, because ultimately uh, th- these eighteen-year-olds are watching their parents. Uh, um, negotiate democracy right Mm -hmm. in their daily existence and it's very uninspiring it's Mm. completely uninspiring Bichoko yeah just three things which are very critical the first one is that the registering is very important even if we are undecided yes many of us are undecided (laughs) because anything can happen over the next two weeks yes that will assist us to make a decisive decisions yes and we don't lose that mm. opportunity secondly for us to be responsible and quality voters that means we must be informed mm. critically so but how do we navigate this myth that we are talking about the mist of information yes i would recommend that uh, our youth including ourselves because we may not know all the answers and know all these political characters let us form our neighborhood dialogues, discussions. Mm-hmm. 
let us assist ourselves to fully appreciate what these political parties are offering, what are their histories, those who have been around, and what are the likely outcomes. Because that is a responsibility that we abandoned in 1994. And Let these conversations we have, even outside of the politicians yes, coming yes, into our spaces. Yes, yes, as a community. As a community. my vote should be what I believe South Africa needs. Mm. But also must be informed by the needs of my community. Mm. Let us come together and assist each other to reshape what the kind of future we want. It is through that that I think we'll be able to make things easier for ourselves as citizens. Let us engage each other. Okay. Another caller, uh, another caller, uh, LG in Centurion. Hi, LG. Good morning, Emma. And then, well, yes, uh, I also have uh, a first-time voter uh, in my house. And then the, child, the guy is very excited to go and vote for the first time. He knows exactly who he wants to vote for. So, but I have a question for your guest. If the young people that they spoke to say that, you know, they, they, they don't know who to vote for because it's been 30 years of, of desperation and all the rest of it, who has been governing the country for the 30 for six years? And why is it that they don't, you know, go out and choose any other political party that has never been in government before? Because <laughs> it comes across as if it's, it's, it's people are painting every other political party the same brush because it's, it's only been one that has been governed. So why is it that they don't ask, uh, sorry about, why is it that they don't ask those young people that they speak to to say, hey, there's only been one government party since 1994 for six years. There's a pool of other political parties. Why is it that you, you don't, you know, go out and choose any one of these political parties because, like I said, it's not fair to brush every other political party with the same thing. So that is my question. Okay, thank you, LG. I'll allow uh, my guests to respond when I've gone through uh, more calls. Ngonde in Cape Town. Ngonde. Ngonde. It's Lebu. Lebu is a Motswana guy. He wrote your name wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry okay. about that, Ngonde. You, you wanted not to say... Worry, not to worry, not to worry, not to worry. Quick one, KG. Um, as a background, I will first say politicians and to some extent lawyers lie for a living. Right? First point. Now, I've got three grown men. Right? I, don't, I, I, I want to have to mention their age. The last one who's about 22 or about, you know, is a third year student at UNISA. Anyway, when I discuss politics and them voting, you know, I begin by saying, well, you must use your mind. Your father, me, is not going to tell you who to vote for because I was a fool once in 94, I was won by a fellow comrade of mine from Zimbabwe. He said, I'm afraid you guys going to vote for a wrong party. He mentioned this on the day of the white only referendum for declared. I thought this guy, you know, must be smoking something because all the euphoria, including me, you know, was that Mandela can do no wrong in this party, you know? So we all voted. 
So now I'm telling them, guys, use your mind, right? If you like, you can choose between the two least evils, right? Whatever they are in your view. Because I don't want them to say, yeah, but dad, you said this, you know? Ah, uh-uh. they must make their own mind, right? Lot of choice, lot of choices, and more choices you've got is difficult. KG, good morning and goodbye. Thank you. Uh, l- l- let me get you to comment on any one of those uh, callers. L- let's start with you, Deboho. I mean, the it's quite disingenuous, really, the ask that we are making of young people, truthfully, to be honest, mm. in the sense that. Even for-profit organizations will tell you that if you really want a return on investment on what you're doing, you will invest on it throughout. And what we are seeing right now is an overpopulation of too much information that is thrown at young people. Mm. And we expect them to make sense of that, Mm -hmm. which means we're we're not having genuine conversations with them really about what is at hand and what is at stake. Mm. And it comes back also again to the homes. So when I I say the homes is where are we finding this information about other parties that exist? I mean, the ISC is already talking about more than 300. Is it 300 people that people have to choose from. It's a long ballot paper that we will have. Who has the time to do, to sift through all of that? And who has the time to do it, all of it at once right now? And so the, the question on the homework for all of us is, how are we making this information accessible? And how are we then asking political parties, even the new? So what 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 opposition parties think they can only just carry on piggybacking on the own goals of the ruling party? That is not the case. Our ask is just as high from them as well. Mm. But we only engage with them also as well, only during elections. And it's time to say that this is serving us no purpose. And so what we need to be doing is, I mean, there are organizations that have information that are putting together the manifestos and some of the action plans of, of political parties and making them available. But it is unfortunately a little bit too late. And the critical question of society is, for myself, as a mother, as a father, as a sister, as a brother, what role am I playing right here? Let me let me ask for you. For, I've been given permission to uh, ask you uh, guys to extend a little bit uh, until after the news because I have to go after the news. But I want you to think about something as we go to the news. I heard that the president, you know, the president of the ANC, the president of the country, uh, did a walkabout in Pretoria somewhere, uh, obviously encouraging people to go and vote. But... What transpired with the many young people that we met was that they mostly wanted selfies from him. They didn't want to ask him and engage him on any critical issues, whether that be palapala, load shedding, and we we don't run out of issues in South Africa. The primary thing that they wanted, they took out their cell phone, they said, President, can we take a selfie? So think about that as we go to news. It's 11, it's time for the news.